Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, now we need to hear from you. Father, we release anxiety, we release pain, we release uh, a sense of fear, we release a sense of uncertainty. And, Father, we realize that our faith must be in you. So today, God, we say speak to us in this building and speak to us online. Father, we pray for those that are feeling anxiety because they got coughs or because they have sniffles. We pray for them now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that they would not have anxiety, that they would not have fear concerning their own life or their own health. Father, we rebuke thoughts of death. We rebuke thoughts of not surviving, of not living. And Father, we release hope and we release faith. Can I get everybody to open your mouth and say that? Say, we release hope. Say, we release faith. Come on, say it again. Say, we release hope and say, we release faith. That's what we release. That's what we decree and we declare according to your word in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. So listen, guys, we're in week three of our series, Living Large, which we've learned uh, means to live wealthy, which is this Hebrew word from the Bible, shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all as well, to be shalom and successful. Say that with me, shalom and successful. Now, in a time like this, it can be difficult to even get your mind around shalom and success because you can begin to worry about things that you sense, worry about things that you see, worry about things that are around you. But I need you to know the same God that's been keeping you this far is going to be the same God that's going to get you through this. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say the same God. Say he still got me covered. Come on, say it so that you believe that. Say the same God. Say he still got me covered. It means to be shalom and successful. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well and and successful. And we've learned that success is different for each individual because we're all created to do something different. So a scissors cannot look at a cell phone and make a comparison of their success to one another because they're created to do two different things. Just like you cannot judge your success based on somebody sitting next to you or somebody that sits in the cubicle next to you or somebody that sits in the same building as you because you all are not created to do the same thing. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? That success is based on what you're created to do. See, for some people, you're not created to be the man at the top. You're created to support the man at the top, which means your success isn't in being the boss. Your success is being a help to the boss. Y'all ain't talking. For some of you, your success is not to be the one that's seen. Your success is to be the one that's not seen, that's making things happen. And I need you to stop comparing the efficacy or the effectiveness of your life based on what you see happen for somebody else. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I am shalom and successful. 
<clears throat> so we looked at Isaiah 54, and uh, which uses this imagery of a barren widow woman to represent Jesus' people, uh, uh, or represent uh, God's people post-Jesus. It literally is using this imagery of a barren, that means she's unproductive, widow woman, that means she's uncovered, to represent his people post-Jesus. Now, this is amazing, because Isaiah prophesies this, listen, y'all. Thousands of years before Jesus ever steps on the scene, which is so amazing to me because what is God teaching us? God is saying before there's ever going to be an issue, I've already created a solution. I need you to know this whole thing going on in the world did not catch God off guard. Let's talk. I need you to know God, heaven didn't get an alert one day and said, oh my God, what are we going to do? Heaven said, listen, I've been preparing my people for years. That's why y'all not saying anything. I've been covering my people for years. And just like I protected them for thousands of years ago, I will protect my people now. God was not caught off guard. And I need you to know you don't need to walk in fear or anxiety because God's got you covered. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say God's got me covered before there was ever an issue God created a solution Isaiah prophesies what's going to happen thousands of years before God ever steps in a body known as Jesus so listen Isaiah 54 1 sing O barren one now I want to you've been looking at these verses and so they can kind of become familiar to you but I'm going to show you these verses from a different angle today so watch sing what is he telling them they're not singing now what is he saying? They're silent. They're shut down. And that's exactly what's happening for many people today in the world is you don't have joy. You don't have peace because you keep looking on social media. You keep looking at the news and you've been shut down. You've been shut down. Your voice has been silenced. So watch me. What is he saying? Sing. What is he saying? Make a change. He said, I need you to resist the spirit of the atmosphere and I need you to change it. Come on, y'all. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'll sing a new song. Yeah, I'm not letting the news shut me down or shut me up. If you got a sniffle, don't let it shut you down. Or sh Get off of that doggone website checking stuff all the time and make your declaration that with his stripes, I'm about to say, I am healed. Somebody say sing. That's a change because he's saying you're not singing now. You're shut down. Who did not bear, not productive. Break forth. Here it is. That's another change because break forth means to push. He said, in other words, I need you to push yourself out of, watch this, the containment that you're in. The danger of isolation is this, is that when you are isolated, it now will mess with your mental health. Because your situation will seem worse than what it really is. Watch me, sing, change, that, that means change. Uh, watch this, break forth, that means change, push into singing and cry aloud. We learned last week that that means to pray. But notice, cry aloud, what is he telling them? If he's telling them to do this, that means they're not doing it now. So when he says cry aloud, we learned last week that means to pray. That means they're not doing it now. You who have not been in labor, he says, those who have not been producing, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children uh, of her who was married. So what did we learn? Children here represent what? Productivity, fruitfulness, results. Can I get you to say those three words with me? Productivity, fruitfulness, results. Y'all type it on the screen if you're watching online. Everybody in here, you say it, y'all type it. Let's go. Productivity, fruitfulness, results. Children equal productivity, but children equal, watch me, large change. Now, let's just think about it from a practical standpoint. If you have a child, everything about your life has to change. You don't get to sleep when you want to. You don't get to eat when you want to. Listen, can we just give a clap offering for every mama and daddy that, that, that listen. No, I'm serious because I'm just telling you, I, listen. Praise the Lord. I have done every ministry in my ministry journey. I have worked every ministry with the exception of one. I have never served in kids' ministry ever in my life. And part of that is because you need a grace. Come on here, somebody. And I would have to tell the kids, hey, listen, I told y'all to sit down now. We're not going to be doing all this hollering and screaming now. That is not moving me. I'm not moved by that. Y'all just, but you going to sit there and cry. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I've done every other ministry with the accepted kids. Now, here's the deal. Everything changes. You don't eat when you want to. You don't sleep when you want to. Listen. You can't spend how you want to. 
because now you got to think about spending for them. I'm going somewhere with this. Everything about your life changes. Places that you used to just get up and decide, I'm just going to go, you can't do that no more. Because now you got to get them ready. You, you got to, y'all, y'all, they Everything about your life changes. So watch what the scripture says. You're going to be productive, he says, but everything about your life is going to change. The productivity, the fruitfulness results of her who is married or, or her who is barren will be more than of her who is married. So what did we learn? That this means it's our turn because we're what? Full term. But what does that mean? Everything is going to change. You know what's interesting about what's happening in the world today is everything's changing. Could it be that that's showing us in the natural something that's happening from a spiritual standpoint, which means God says, I'm about to do something amazing in your life, but I need you to get used to things changing. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I will not fear change. Come on. Say it again, y'all. I will not fear change. So look at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's change. All of these words involve change. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. So enlarge, we, we, we learned that on, uh, uh, throughout this series so far, that when you look at enlarging, it's like a woman in contractions. Because remember, he's talking about us. He's using a woman, but he's using this woman that's a barren widow woman to represent us. And in this, remember this, y'all, it, it's, that it's like a woman's contractions. Her contractions, every time, watch this, she opens up, it shuts down. Opens up, shuts down. Seems like it's going to happen, shuts down. Seems like it's going to work, shuts down. And what's amazing is that the woman can't see that in her contraction, she's actually being enlarged. Now, why is that significant? It's because the change that's most significant is often the change that you can't see. You missed what I just said. Think about it. When a woman is having the, the most severe of contractions, which means she's just ready to give birth. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. The severity of what you've been dealing with is simply to let you know, baby, it's about to happen. And I need you to stop fearing it because, listen, God has been preparing you for it. You prepared the whole last decade. You prepared the whole last year. And I need you not to let what's going on in the world create fear or anxiety for you because God has been preparing you. I need you to release this over your life. Say, I will not fear. Change. So, but a woman, when she's laying down on her back, okay, she can't see that those contractions have opened her up that they've widened the birth canal. Why is this important for you and I to understand? It's very simple, y'all, because when God says enlarge the place of your tent, this is again is talking about change. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. That's discomfort. That's change. You're gonna catch it in a minute. Don't hold back. In other words, he says, don't play it safe. Play it by faith. That's change. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? Dig in. What is that? Change. Isaiah 54 is making wonderful announcements. He's telling his people, y'all are going to live large. He says, listen, I need you to get, he says, I need you to get ready. It's going to be amazing. But Willie's announcing all things new. Look at me. What is he really doing? He's saying all things are about to change. See, when we say all things new, that sounds exciting, right? Ooh, that sounds, that, I mean, listen, that sounds exciting. I mean, it's an enlarged, you know, I'm going to enlarge. Let me go look at a new house. Let me look at a new car. Let me do, that sounds amazing. But here's what that means. You're going to have to give up the old one. Y'all ain't said nothing. Oh, I'm going to have a new circle of people. That means you're going to have to get rid of the old ones. And that might happen through betrayal. Come on, can we talk? Listen, all things new sounds amazing, but you need to realize it means all things change. Okay, so you're excited about going to another income level. That means you go to another tax bracket. That now means that you have different types of targets that are on you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. 
So, so Isaiah 54, remember, is announcing all things new. It has nothing to do with Isaiah 53. Out of nowhere, God just stops and says, bam, I want to do something new. And if we're honest, that's really what's happening in the world. All of a sudden, boom, all things new. All things change. And I need you as a believer in Jesus not to respond the same way that those that don't believe respond. Because our hope ain't in no government. Come on. Our hope, y'all better say something to me. Our hope is not in a government. Our hope is not in a healthcare system. Our hope, sure enough, ain't in no politician. Our hope is in the name that woke us up this morning, started us on our way. Can we just release that name one time? What's his name? She. That. But so let's let's be practical. Change can be challenging because it stirs fear. Because <clears throat> now I got to get used to things being different. So that's, that's the challenge with change. Like even when you try a new restaurant. So this, when I was traveling Thursday, Friday, um, I needed to have my meal and I, I had to go through Charlotte. And when I went through Charlotte in the airport, they had this barbecue restaurant. And it said the best pit barbecue. <laughs> so y'all knew, didn't nobody tell me nothing. Y'all could have tweeted me, y'all could have said. I go to this restaurant, and I mean, the line is long, so I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Because everything else is fast food, so I can't eat that because I don't eat fast food. So I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Like, oh, I was like, oh, it's about to go down. I was like, this is, I mean, I was really, it was about to be a whole spiritual experience. <laughs> no, you have no clue. And they had greens and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Hold on, let me get closer to the camera so you can see my face. So I go to this particular restaurant. I won't show the name of it. I go to this particular restaurant, and I've been lying. And so the lady, and the lady's got an attitude, so you think the food's going to be good. Because normally when the, when the workers have a bad attitude, <laughs> either the food is real good or real bad. And so she's like, what do you want? I'm like, yes, come on, talk to me dirty. What you? And so, you know, I'm still trying to play it healthy. I said, let me do the turkey breast, yeah. So I do the smoked turkey and macaroni and cheese and greens and cornbread. And I'm just like, this is about to go down. And as much as it costs, I was like, it better go down. <laughs> I sit down. I'm like, come on, macaroni and cheese. I, I <laughs> I'm like, come on, greens, come on, greens. Like, come on, turkey breast. You can't mess up turkey breast. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> and then I saw one of my preferred smoothie locations. <laughs> I said, there's a ram in the thicket. The Lord was protecting me. Because he knew this barbecue meal wasn't going to be the hit for me. Now, there's several different barbecue restaurants in the Charlotte uh, 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 airport, so you don't know which one I'm talking about. All right? Amen. I went to my preferred smoothie restaurant, and I got my normal smoothie, and I said, this is God's will concerning me. <laughs> Bishop, why are you telling us that story? Because I tried something that was different than I normally would have. And that experience wasn't the best. And if I'm not careful, I will allow it to create a fear about trying new things. Because I'll go back to an old thing when I tried a new thing. And it'll create fear. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I will not live in fear. Sometimes you're going to have some bad macaroni and cheese. That doesn't mean you stop eating it. Now, I need you to catch it. I know it's super simple. No Hebrew, no Greek. I know it's super simple, but you have to be careful because there's something called the law of linkage. And what the law of linkage will do is because I had one bad experience that seems like this, this one, that in the future when I see something else that looks remotely similar, mm -mm. not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not trying it. 
Uh uh. The last time I said hello to somebody, they betrayed me. So now I don't speak to nobody. The last time I offered to help somebody, they used me. So this is why I don't help nobody now. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I will not live in fear. Second Timothy 1 7 says this For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of what? Power, love, self control. New King James says, and a sound mind. This is the English standard. This is the number one version that's used in our app. That's why I preach from it now. All right, look at this, guys. Fear is a spirit. What's a spirit mean? It's a mentality, which means it can be transferred. How is fear transferred? Through our senses. What we see, what we hear, got it? All of our senses, what we touch. Fear is transferred. It's amazing to me how month, a month ago, month and a half ago, somebody coughed, sneezed, whatever, you didn't think twice about it. But now, some of y'all scared to even cough. You're like, because fear has been transferred. And because it's so vague, you're scared of everything. But I need you to hear me. You were not created to be weak. You were not created to be passive. Let's go. You were created to rule. Come on. And reign and conquer and subdue. Somebody holler, I will not live in fear. It tries to transfer. And it'll jump from you to somebody else. This is why you got to be careful the people you talk to. There are certain people I said, mm -mm, I'm not answering their call. Mm -mm, I will deal with them post-March. Why? Because I don't even, even want to hear all of these deep thoughts. And, and I don't want to hear all of that. I don't want to hear all of that fear and mess and conspiracy and this, that, that. And you know what? That might all be true. But right now, we got to keep it moving. It's transferred. So you got to be careful who you're talking to, who you're interacting with, because fear transfers. So you got to be careful the news you're consuming, because fear transfers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a spirit. And the Bible says God didn't give it to us, which means if you have it, it got transferred to you. So I want everybody I want in this building online to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the spirit of fear from out of my mind. And in the name of Jesus, I will not live in fear, panic, nor anxiety because of change in Jesus' name. So here's number two. So number one, change can be challenging because it stirs what? Fear. Here's number two. What does fear want? Fear wants certainty and control. Fear wants certainty and control. That's what fear wants. Fear wants to be 100% certain and fear wants 100% control. Here's the problem with that, y'all. Psalm 127 and 1. This is why fear is pointless. So on a side note, fear creates stress in your body, which weakens your immune system. So then if you're walking around in fear, then all of a sudden what you fear, Job says the thing that he feared the most did what? Came upon him. Which means fear will literally create the perfect cocktail for you to have what you don't want. And I need you to make this declaration. Say the devil is a lie. Say I will not live in fear. So fear wants certainty and control. Right? So here's the problem with that. Watch what the Bible says. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Watch this next part. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. What does that mean? You can do everything that you are supposed to do, that you are, that you are given to do, that you are instructed to do. And here's the reality. For all of your sanitizing, the reality is when you go to that grocery store and grab something off of that shelf, you don't know that the person that put it back four and five times. Come on, y'all. You see how ridiculous fear is? 
because you like, listen, you just got it on like, you know, right here, hanging off your neck. Just. And that's great. That's great. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. But even some of your own stuff, you have to pick up your dry cleaning. They touch the hangers. But what are you trying to say? If you start thinking this thing through really granularly, unless the Lord's covering you, come on, unless the Lord's protecting you, you, don't, you can't even think enough opportunities through for all of that. Some of y'all like, I just got my Amazon shipment yesterday. Do you know how they get sent you your Amazon shipment? Somebody's, listen, all right, let me move. Unless the Lord protects, even in your best planning, you can't catch everything. Yes, we need alarm systems and burglar alarms and security systems and, yes, personal protection and all of that. Absolutely. But unless the Lord, unless the Lord protects you, what does the Bible say? You up in vain. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you are the watchman that watches over me you are the God that protects me and just like you've been doing it I thank you for continuing to do it right now in Jesus name can we release a praise right there everybody come on release a praise right there everybody come on Let, let's move let's move let's move because so number one Change can be challenging because it stirs fear. Fear wants certainty and control. Here's the danger with walking in fear. Is fear makes you miserable. In Exodus chapter 14, in Exodus chapter 14, uh, I want to read us a familiar story. In Exodus 14, verse number 10, let me give you context. The children of Israel... <clears throat> have literally just come out of 430 years of slavery and bondage. They begged God to get them out. And the Bible says, I've heard the cry of my people. They come out overnight. Watch me. After 10 plagues, listen, after 10 plagues that do not negatively affect them, but affect the Egyptians, they just happened to be in the same area, but they didn't have the same effect. Because mm. God says, I'm about to use this to get the glory over these Egyptians. And so, watch me. After 10 plagues, after 10 plagues, how many of them? 10 plagues, Pharaoh finally lets them go. And what's amazing is that God plays chess with himself. Because he tells Moses, go ask Pharaoh to let you go. He says, but Moses, let me tell you how this is going to work. I'm going to tell Pharaoh to say no. Why would God, watch me, tell me to go ask for something? So then only tell me he's going to tell the man that's got the power to give it to me. No. Y'all ready? It's because God, watch this, while he was getting the glory over the Egyptians, he was teaching his people, watch this, how to fight. He was teaching his people how to be strong. He was teaching his people how not to back down. He was teaching his people how to rise up. That's why somebody said, well, Bishop, why are you having church? This is the church of Jesus Christ. This is not the time for us to back down. This is the time for us to rise up. Because unless the Lord protects America, unless the Lord protects the world, Ain't no hope. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But I'm glad that I, st I feel like preaching now. But I'm glad that we've got hope in a name that existed before coronavirus. Come on. We got hope in a name that existed before sickness and disease. We got hope in a name that existed before challenges. Somebody release that name in the atmosphere. His name is Jesus. 
He says, he says, he says this. He says, I, I, I'm going to get glory over the Egyptians. But at the same time, Moses, I need to teach you how to fight. He says, because, watch me. If you learn how to give up after one no, you ain't ready to be free. Come on. If you can give up after two no's, you're not ready to live large. Let's go. If you can give up after three no's, you ain't ready to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. I need you to last from one to two to three to four to five. What's the number 10 in the Bible? It means the number of divine perfection. Let's go. God says, I need you to learn how to work this thing. And for some of you, I need to tell you, listen, what's going on in the world? I need you not to be scared. I need you to learn how to work this thing. Because for some of you, you finally have the time to write the book. Mm. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. For some of you, you finally have the time to get your exercising together. For some of you, you finally have the time to do something you've been putting off. I'm here to tell you, you got to learn how to work this thing. And I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm going to work this time. I'm going to work it. Watch, 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 watch. He, he says, he says, I'm going to tell Pharaoh to say no. Tenth plague, Pharaoh says, y'all come here. He, he calls Moses and Aaron. He says, get out. He says, get out. He says, I go now. He says, y'all have caused me enough trouble. Leave. And, they, and, and listen, he said, whatever you want, take. So they plundered the Egyptians, the Bible says. They asked for silver, they asked for gold, and they got it. Which means money wasn't living large. Because he made them rich overnight. That's why it's shalom and successful. Because it's bigger than money. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Somebody said, this thing is bigger than money. It's big. Because see, watch me, watch me. Even now, watch me, watch me. You watching? Watch me. Money can get you a doctor. But money can't buy you health. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So he says, get out. Y'all have caused me enough trouble. Get out. They take silver. <clears throat> they take gold. They take all of that. And, and they have to hurry up. So they take unleavened bread because the bread didn't have time. So they have to rush out. This is where we get the feast of the Passover, which interestingly enough is in about three weeks. I need somebody in the room to catch it. After the plagues. You better act like your God is God. You better act like your God is God. You better act like passing over. Passing up, passing, passing over. Because everything that happened to the Egyptians, when they saw that blood over the Hebrews, it couldn't mess with them. So even what the enemy might mean for evil, God is so good. He said, well, listen, y'all don't trip. Just hold out a little bit. It's about to. You ought to release a praise right there for that. That's Let's go. So listen. So listen. They leave and they're walking. And now there's a mixed multitude of 2 plus million people. 2 million plus people. And they're going. And they're going. And as they're going, they're walking. And they say, "Oh my god, we free." We've been praying for this. Daddy and them was hoping we was going to see this. Mom and them was hoping we were going to see this. And all of this. And now we're in Exodus 14 and 10. Because then Pharaoh gets mad. And you want to know why he gets mad? The Bible says the Lord hardened his heart. Some of you wonder why people act certain ways with you. Sometimes. It's not the devil. Sometimes it is God. Because God says, Pharaoh, I'm about to show you 
See, they called you a god, Pharaoh. I'm about to show you you a man. See, there's some people who think, watch me, that they have the power to mess your life up. But God says, I'm about to show you you can't mess with my children. Every parent in the room knows that, watch me, you, you, you can mess with this, you can mess with that. But when it comes to my, my kids, you don't mess with my kids. So his heart is hardened. And here it is. He begins to pursue them. See it right there? Y'all see it right there? Now he pursues them. Let's go down to verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. Stop! What do we have? Fear transfer. Fear transfer, remember, fear is a spirit. It can be transferred through our what? Senses. Why did the Bible tell you that they lifted up their eyes so that you'd know where they got it from? What they saw transferred fear to them. Sometimes you have to have enough wisdom to say, if that's not going to feed my faith, I don't really understand why I need to be. I'm not, being, I'm not walking in denial. I'm just, I'm just denying that that's necessary. They lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. What happened? And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. But how did they fear? Greatly. Because what did they want? What does fear want? Control and certainty. Because now they're uncertain. Because now Pharaoh's coming after us. Here's my question. What's your fear, though? If you were slaves in the land, what do you think is going to happen? Like, okay, worst case scenario is you go back to being what you were. What, what do you think he's going to do? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You built the Egyptian nation. What, what do you think he's going to do without you? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? All right, watch me. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And here's where fear gets nasty. Verse 11. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Stop. So fear jumps to thoughts of death. And if we're honest, some of y'all's minds the fear of all it is had you thinking through stuff. I wish you'd be honest with me. How are you talking about you going to die? You were just the man's slave. Why would the man want to kill you now? Listen, if anything, he want to bring you back. Because now he's going to have to try to figure out how to build Egypt on his own. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. So what happens? Fear now makes them miserable. So now they can't even enjoy their freedom journey because they're scared they might die because of something they saw. And look at what they're doing. They're blaming Moses. Verse, ver, ver, verse 12. Now, think about this before we go to verse 12. Um, didn't you pray to be free? Didn't you pray to get out of Egypt? Egypt, by the way, means tight, narrow places. So if you're in the building and you're online, you're like, well, you know, I, don't, I can't relate to Egypt. You've all had a tight, narrow, restrictive place where we've been in life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've all had places in life where we've been there. All right. So look, verse 12. Is it not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone so we can serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So you prayed for this 2010, 2011, And now you're talking about, let me just watch me stay comfortable with my certainty 
and my control. Because this freedom thing involves too much uncertainty. And at least with Pharaoh, I knew what to expect. It was misery, but I knew what he was going to do. It was abuse, but I knew when it was coming. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It was crazy, but I knew what to expect. Are y'all here? Look, and Moses said to the people, fear not. What's that? Change. That's an action. Moses said, I'm telling you not to fear. Look at me, Harvey. Look at me, everybody online. I am telling you not to fear. All right, leave the verse up. I am telling you not to fear, which means fear is a choice. You, you cannot say, I can't control it. Yes, you can. Fear not. Say it with me, everybody. Fear not. Say it with me, everybody. Fear not. Some of my business owners and entrepreneurs, don't be worried about your business. Fear not. Some of you maybe have elderly family members. Fear not. Some of you maybe had thought you maybe had a cough at some point today, but you're not sure whether or not it was a cough or it was just the weather when you came outside. Fear not. Watch. Stand what? Firm. What does this mean? What, what am I standing firm on? So to stand firm on something, <clears throat> to stand firm on something, um, that means that I trust what I'm standing on. And it means I put myself in a position to where I don't have to worry about being knocked down or knocked around. So when he says stand firm, he doesn't just mean do this. He means I trust what I'm standing on. What am I standing on? The word of God, which says with his stripes, we are healed. Which says in Deuteronomy 7, it says no disease shall come not me. Which says that, watch this, all things work together for my good. Somebody say I'm standing on the word. Since he is his word, he and his word are one. Right? Since he and his word are one, when I say I'm standing on the word, I say I'm, I'm standing on Jesus. You got that? But I'm positioning myself in a way to where even if there's a little rocking and shaking, I'm good. What does that position mean? You ready? That position doesn't mean to be idle. That position means I stay in prayer, praise, and worship. Bishop, where are you getting that from? If we were to jaywalk in the scriptures and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it would say, stand still, position yourselves. There were several postures of prayer, praise, and worship that the Lord gave them, which means what are we supposed to do right now, body of Christ? We will fear not. Say, fear not. We will believe the word. And, say, and we're going to amp up our prayer, our praise, and our worship. Let's practice right there. Let's practice right there. Hallelujah. Come on, let's practice right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, 915. Let me just hear you open up your mouth right there. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> All right, watch, 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 watch. Watch. <laughs> and see. The salvation. He said, you saw something that made you fear. You're about to see something that's going to save you. And see the salvation of the Lord. Let's get prophetic. Which he will work for you. It's, it's on the screen. It's an open book test. Which he will work for you. Which he will work for you. Which he will work for you. Come on, let, let's just prophesy this over your life. Say, today, today I am healed. I am Say, today, today I am fear-free. Say, today, today I am standing firm. Am Say, today, today I'm amping up my prayer, praise, and worship. Say, it's happening for me today. It's happening for me today. Here's, 
What's his next part? For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see. It's on the screen. I just wanted you to read it so you could believe it. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Look at me. God says, listen. He says he takes him from this place of misery into this moment where he's like, listen, guys, I got this. I got you. Somebody say, God's got me covered. He says, I got you covered. And he says, you're not going to deal with this again. Look at verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. And all you have to do is be what? Silent. Now, silent here doesn't mean we don't say anything because he told us the positions to take. Silent here means I will monitor my confessions so that nothing negative comes out of my mouth. Did you hear that? He says, don't let anything negative come out of your mouth. Don't say, ooh, it's looking bad. I will monitor what comes out of my mouth because I cannot afford to agree with Pharaoh. I cannot afford to agree with anything negative because in these moments, what comes out of my mouth matters a whole lot. You ready? Here's verse 15. Because so, then the question becomes, I'm almost done. The question becomes, so Bishop, you know, what are we supposed to do? It's in the Bible. You ready? Somebody say it's in the Bible. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people of harvest, go forward. Tell everybody watching, go forward. But I don't know if I'm supposed to, I don't know if I'm going to do this now. I don't know. Go for, But I'm just trying to see. I just, go forward. There are some prices that are about to come down for you. Mm. Y'all don't play with me because I might get prophetic. There's some real estate buyers that they're about to have to bring those prices down. There's some things that, watch this, that, that, that what was meant for evil is going to be a benefit to you and your house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I need you to shout this, say, it's working for my good. So listen, when we're going forward, here it is. Here's the shout part. This is the fourth point, all right? While all things are changing, God stays the same. Malachi 3.6, for I, the Lord, do not change. He says, I do not change. Can I get you to open your mouth and say that? Say, the Lord does not change. He says, therefore, you, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. So all things new, all things are changing. But God's like, but I'm not changing. I need you to get this because this is important. Because when everything around you is changing, the one thing, the one individual that says I'm not changing so you can depend on me is Jesus <laughs> look at me he says I don't change and this is the reason you're not consumed you hear what I'm saying like this is the reason you're not going to have a nervous breakdown this is the reason your business is not going to go into recession this is the reason where your family is not going to spiral into a horrible mess. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because God doesn't change. Come on. Let's, let's end this thing together. Say the Lord doesn't change. And can I help some of y'all? Here's, here's what you need right now. You, you, yes, you got lots of Bible today, right? I gave you a whole lot of Bible because um, you need the word. But can I tell you what you need to remind yourself of? Your own testimony. 
Because the same God that got you through what you've overcome already is the same exact God. The God that got you through rejection is the same God today. The God that got you through that uh, terminal disease is the same God that's got you today. The God that got you through that depression is the same God today. Can you just open up your mouth and say, I am a testimony. Say, the same God that got me through that is carrying me through this. Release this, say, I will not live in fear nor panic because God is with me in Jesus' name. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.